0: know is round, and therefore each journey we take must, in the end, bring us back to where we began. The geographers discovered this only a scant few hundred years ago, but the philosophers always knew it. For all philosophy is a journey, a journey into the unknown. And at the journey's end, the philosopher, like all other travelers, must come back again. As the book tells us, there is nothing new under the sun.
1: What a fantastic battle. Oh, isn't that great? It looks so real. Tremendous writing and acting direction. I told you, tonight. It's the greatest show ever. That man, right there on the left Over there. Look there by
0: the stream. Look, he's been hit. He can see the blood of his face. And now he drops that's a beautiful performance. Nah,
1: he's not such a hot actor. i to play a death
2: scene like that. Wait playing. How can you say he's playing? You know all these guys are really being killed. Killed?
1: But this is just a feature film, isn't it? Sure. Are you telling me that the actors died? For real? How can you get them to do that? Well, pal, that so big.
0: Our mystery drama, There's No Business Like, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Howard Da Silva. We have always reached for the stars. We have always dreamed of breaking the barriers of time and space. And as the years have gone by, what has seemed fantasy has slowly been approaching reality. In this generation, Man is no longer Earth-bound. He has already broken the umbilical cord that has tied him to this planet. And soon, he shall cut the bonds that had imprisoned him in this time. A man named Roger Starrett has already done it. Or so he says. Of course,
1: no one believes me. I suppose it would be different if I could get the machine to work. But the trouble is, you see... The circuits were destroyed as I was getting back. And so it's gone. Well, it's not really gone, but the basic circuits no longer exist, and I can't seem to remember how Prescott designed them originally. Anyhow, Prescott is dead now, and he was a scientist. You see, he died as soon as we arrived there.
2: Arrived where, Mr. Ferrett?
1: There, Doctor.
2: And where is there,
1: Well, as far as I can make out, it was somewhere in our own country, in the future.
2: The future? And you claim a person named Arthur Prescott was with you?
1: Yes. He died when we got there. But they didn't believe me. Who? The other people, the people in the future. I explained it to the censor. The censor? I guess that's what they call their judges. Well, (laughs) that's what a judge is, actually. And she didn't believe me. She? The censor. She. She reminds me of you. That is, you both keep asking the same questions, and, and neither of you believe me. And you have the same voice. I'm so tired. Mr. Sparrow, please trust me. I want to help you. But why are you keeping me in this place? Why do you think I'm
2: insane? I never said that.
1: Do you have to say it? Isn't it obvious? Now tell me again what
2: you were trying... i told you a million times. Yes, but you never told it completely to
1: me. Uh, Oh, let me alone. Nobody believes me anyhow. I should have stayed there. I was getting pretty good with a gun. I could have lived indefinitely. Do you know why? Because I was born to act. It's my true talent.
2: But according to your records, you're a machinist.
1: Yes, but acting was an undiscovered talent until I needed it. Suddenly, at the age of 40, I discovered I was an actor. But what does acting have to do with what... Showbiz. When I arrived there, I was sentenced to it.
2: Sentenced to showbiz?
1: For murder. You see, they thought I murdered Arthur Prescott.
2: And for that, you were sentenced to showbiz? Now, excuse me, Mr. Starrett, but do we mean the same thing by showbiz?
1: Showbiz? Sure, showbiz. You know what showbiz is. Entertainment. Theater, movies, radio, TV. Show business.
2: And you say you were sentenced to it?
1: Oh, yes. They used that in the future where I was. Instead of prison. Ah, I see. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't say you see, because you don't see. You don't have the faintest idea what I'm talking about, and you know it. Well, I... I... You want me to trust you, but how can I... You think I'm crazy. How can you possibly understand what I'm saying?
2: I'm trying. Now, according to the police, you and someone named Arthur Prescott worked on this uh, time machine. Prescott
1: was a mathematical genius. I mean, he knew all about the formulas and so forth. And you? Me? Well, I can make just about everything. Just give me the right tools. So we were a great
2: team. Mm-hmm. And you claim you constructed this uh, time machine?
1: Oh, yeah. His brain, my hands. We did it. And then? When it was finished and I checked it out, I discovered there was bad news for Prescott.
2: What kind of bad news?
1: He shouldn't go. Why not? He was too frail, too sickly. You see, the point where the past, present, and future kind of mix and match and where you break out of whatever phase you're in is very turbulent, very violent.
2: And you thought it would be too much for Prescott.
1: Yeah, but he insisted. And we got into the machine and got ready for takeoff or whatever. And things started to happen. I guess he didn't fasten his belt protector securely enough. He was hurled against the wall, and that's how he hit his head, and that's how he died. I must have passed out, too, because when I recovered, I... I was in something that looked like a cell. And there was a woman who looked something like you.
2: What is your name?
1: My name... My name is Roger Starrett.
2: Which is it? Roger or Starrett?
1: I said it was Roger Starrett.
2: I would advise you that you are on trial for your life. My life? What did I do? The charges against you will be stated in due course. Where am I? You know where you are. In an auditioning studio. Uh, I Please, you must help me. Your name? I told you, Roger Starrett. No one in our society has two names.
1: Our society? Which society is this? Oh, good Lord. I remember. The time machine.
2: The time machine? Oh, that's what it was.
1: Yes. You mean we succeeded? We
2: actually... Actually went forward in time? Is that the premise of your program?
1: We started out in 1976. What year is this?
2: Are you licensed to devise entertainment programs? Licensed? Of course not. That is another charge against you. A very serious charge. Even more serious than murder. What murder? A man was with you in that metal globe. He was killed by a blow on the head. Why did you kill him?
1: I didn't kill him. It was an accident.
2: An accident? Do not lie to me. I want to help you. But it's true. A lie will only result in your being sentenced to showbiz. Do you want that? Please. Tell your story. Okay. A man named Arthur
1: Prescott and I... Why do you insist on giving him two names? Because everybody has at least two names where I come from. Where do you claim to come from? The United States. Where are your personal papers? They were in my wallet, but it's gone. We read those fake documents. They're not fake documents. Continue. we, we built this time machine. It brought us here, wherever here is, and we... Arthur hit his head against the wall of the machine, and that's how he died. And here I am, and, and that's the truth.
2: Very well. You were given an opportunity to defend yourself. I shall now deliver my Verdict? Verdict? We shall call you Roger. You are charged with the following, in order of importance: first, designing an entertainment without a license; an entertainment; the time machine fancy, a much overdone cliche. Second, carrying false papers. But that's my social security card, my driver's license. Third, murder. But I. Didn't... And therefore, you will serve a minimum of fifteen years in showbiz. You are sentenced to become a member of the cast of Killers and Cops. For all, there is no appeal from the verdict. I, the censor, have spoken.
1: After a while, a man came by. He was kind of short and stout and good-natured. He wore large-sized metal-rimmed spectacles. Hello, bitch. Glasses is the name. Glasses? Sure. Because I really cheated. It's my public image. Let's go, go where? Over to the Killer Cop Motel, where we eat, drink, and make merry. Because tomorrow night we may die. Let's move, fish. Why do you call me fish?
0: Oh, I'm in with the writers. One of 'em's a chick. She's gonna sing for me. <laughs> so I romance for a long. It's a great way to
1: keep alive. <laughs> I don't understand. What's not to understand? You know what I think? I think I'm dreaming.
0: Yeah, yeah. The word's out. You're either a little bit of a loon or maybe it's like amnesia, huh? Look, the writer's already got
1: your character figured out. But I... Yeah, yeah. You're a fish. Like you come and go quiet as a fish. And you leave no more trail than a fish moving through the water. Ain't that a concept, huh What's your sentence? Fifteen years. you got to be kidding that sentence. Who can live fifteen years in showbiz? The pool yet? No, I'm just trying to figure out. Figure out what? Oh, everything. Where am I? Oh, you're a cool character. What year is this? Okay, I'll go along with you. 2076. 2076? Oh, are you telling me the truth? Why would I lie? 2076? Well, what's the
0: punchline? I don't know what to think, what to say. It could be worse. Now, the trick is to go for one of the riders. That's how to make sure you
1: live longer. I wish I knew what you were talking about. Ah, here comes Baby now. Baby? Yeah, my meal picker. I should say my life preserver.
0: Not too bad, huh?
2: Hi, Glasses. Is this Fish?
0: You just hooked a baby. <laughs> fish, say hello to Baby. Hi,
2: Fish. Think you'll
1: like it here? I don't know what it's all about.
2: I thought we'd get acquainted. You're my character. I thought I was your character, baby. The censor assigned me fish. Oh, it's just about that time. What time, baby? Time to look at the special. I, I get a credit on that. Good for you. We're going all the way back to World War II, back to 1940-something. There was a battle, a battle of the bulge. We're staging it. Somewhere. Wow. We Yes. 700 in this big secret. 700? Turn, Turn it on. Use the big screen. Ow! Oh, we missed the titles. The opening. Those are tanks. German tanks moving toward Bastogne. See, I, I start with a long Now, you see the guns on those tanks start moving as if they're searching for the target. The targets of human beings. Baby, it's gotta be a masterpiece. And now, suddenly, we're in the full fury of the fight. close up. Back, face
1: to face. Nobody calls it the way you can. What do you It's great. It's a great
2: theater. Yeah. yeah, look at the movement in her directing. The rhythm she gets. Here, here, there's a guy on the left hand of the screen it's in the middle distance. We'll close up on him. Just a few seconds. He's about to step on a mine. Watch it. Watch it. Yeah, that's it. Look at his face. The mine just blew off his leg. See how oh, he caught his face like he can't believe it. He just can't believe it. Now, now he drops. What a beauty in the motion. so slow. Gentle like a lone him to the ground. Baby, when you describe it, a guy could cry. As he tries to support himself on the leg that is no longer there, it comes death. Death is the only comfort that sings his sorrow. How, how do you get that effect? What effect?
1: The effect of his leg being blown off and, and then his, his dying. How is that done? Oh, do you mean? How is it done?
2: It's done with a modified landmine. You you mean you actually blew his leg off?
1: And what I'm looking at, these men are actually being killed? Well, what did you
2: think? Well, are But that's... That's... That's showbiz. That's showbiz.
0: About which it is said there is no business like. But there has never been show business like this one. Oh, well, yes, there has. Think back. The gladiators in the Roman arenas, they were biz, weren't they? So you see, the more things change, the more they remain the same. I'll be back shortly with that too. Realism. That's the thing today. We want real life in our theater. We want real situations that involve real people. Isn't that so? Well, we're listening to a story that is supposed to be taking place in the future, where realism seems to be very much a part of the day. Not only are the situations real and the people real, but real things actually happen right before you on the screen.
2: Are you? telling me, Mr. Starrett, that in the show business, in that future time you claimed to have
1: visited... I did visit there. I was there. The
2: actors actually died?
1: They actually did whatever you saw them do, Doctor. They were eaten by sharks, by wild animals. They drowned. They starved. They died in the
2: operating room. Whatever the story called for. There must have been many dead actors.
1: You think of all those shows, I would say easily... A hundred will be killed each week.
2: But well, where did they find so many actors?
1: Well, they weren't really actors. They were just convicts. Convicts? Well, what I mean is, Doctor, they were convicted of
2: crimes. Oh. Serious crimes must have been very prevalent in that uh, future world.
1: Serious? Anything was serious. You said something bad about your superior. That was serious. You, you had it. You were in showbiz.
2: Well, what kind of superiors are you talking about?
1: The superiors ran everything and everybody worked for them. It was kind of a drab place, you know? Drab? Well, everybody had to work, keep their mouths shut and do as they were told. That's why they had this exciting showbiz, so that you could keep the masses quiet. But I didn't know that until later. Anyhow, uh, a few days later, I was at the pool.
2: Hi, sis.
1: Hi, baby. Glasses isn't here. I see that. He said he was going down to the range. He wanted to practice pistol shooting some more.
2: (laughs) I would say he needs it.
1: Uh, Should I tell him you were asking for him?
2: But I wasn't asking for him. No? I dropped around to see you. Me? Yep. You're on tonight. That's right. Um, I would like to give you a word of advice. The script calls for you to be watching the action from a street corner phone booth, a typical 20th century locale. You see...
1: I think so.
2: Now, when you hear the first police car coming along, just step out of the booth.
1: Step out of the booth?
2: Yeah, There'll be a doorway. Just move inside it.
1: Any reason?
2: There are going to be a lot of bullets flying around, and I don't want you to get killed your first time out. Oh,
1: it's very nice of you, baby.
2: You know why I'm being nice to you? It's because I want you to be nice to me. Oh?
1: I thought you belonged to Glasses.
2: Uh, I don't think you have that quite right. I don't belong to anybody. But all of you on the show belong to me.
0: Hi. Can I uh, see you for a minute, Fish?
1: Uh, I mean, if I'm not bothering you or anything. It's okay, Glasses. Come on in. yeah, I I want you to do me a favor. Sure if I can. I always treated you right, right. I give you tips on everything. I help you along. What do you want? Put in a word for me. I mean, with baby. What kind of word? Ah, don't play stupid with me. She goes for you. I know. She grabbed me the minute you came in sight. Glasses. It's not because of anything I did. I know. I know. I wasn't the one who made a play for her the first time either. She
0: decides. She picks out who she wants. And when she gets tired of him... Uh, well, uh, look, I I, I don't care, except... Uh, except what? Except she doesn't like a guy to hang around after she gives him the gate. You know what I mean? So she uh, writes him
1: out of the script. And you know what happens then? Yes,
0: I know. Yeah. So, uh, could you put in a good word for me? For me, you might tell her I give the show a lot of comedy.
1: You do, glasses. You really do. Tell her that. I- I'm not just asking this for
0: myself, but for you too. For me. Your day's gonna come. It'll have to. She'll get bored with you, and some new
1: guy'll come along. And so, if we can manage to set a precedent. Uh... What kind of precedent? Well, he could make her realize she don't have to kill a guy just because she wants to drop him. Promise she'll try. He does give the show a lot of comedy.
2: Let me worry about that.
1: Well, I'm, I'm only trying to help.
2: Don't you around me, Fish. This is that music. Oh, honey, I know you're scared. But baby he's gonna look out for you. I'll keep you alive, sweetie. Just trust baby. I'll
1: say you trust me. Uh, Baby, I'm only trying to... Don't
2: try to help Glasses.
1: But he's a good friend of mine.
2: I'm the only friend you've got. You're in showbiz and don't forget it. You'll have to kill him. Me? Kill Glasses? Tonight he's going to try to kill you. But he wouldn't. Why not? Well, it... First of all, he's madly in love with me. Yes, but that's he not... He hates you because you took me away from him. Second, the Leon Killers and Cops is up for grabs. Sarge was wiped out last week. The two most popular cops are you and Grasses. Now, Gorilla and Grasses are great pal. Gorilla? He's the hood you're going to have to capture tonight. You and Glasses are going to have him trapped. Grasses has already worked it out with him. He won't shoot at Gorilla.
1: But the script says he's supposed to cover me.
2: So his pistol won't miss fire. Just wait and see. That gives Gorilla a clear shot at you. And you're dead. Dead. Now, here's what you have to do, sweetie. Fire what looks to be a wild shot and kill glasses by mistake. Then radio back for help in capturing Gorilla.
1: I find it hard to believe that glasses You would better
2: be- believe it. And now, give baby a great big kiss.
1: Okay, gorilla. We know you're in there. Come out with your hands up. No good fish. We'll have to go in after him. Listen, why don't we get on the radio and call him for help? Why? Because that ain't in the script. But it makes sense, doesn't it? It ain't in the script. But if we go after him ourselves, one of us, both of us can get killed. Now, so is. Well, if that's the way you want it. The way to keep alive, the best way to keep alive, the percentage way, is to follow our script. Okay. The script calls for you to move toward the door of the house, and I cover you. Okay, let's do it. Go ahead. And fish. Good luck. Gorilla, this is your last chance. <laughs> okay, glasses, I'll be moving in along the wall. Now, cover me. Here
2: I go. You didn't kill him, Fish. You didn't kill Glasses.
1: I couldn't.
2: I knew that, so I told Gorilla to make sure to get him. You told Gorilla? I told Gorilla I knew about the little deal he'd made with Glasses. I don't mind you boys having your little intrigues, but when I want something done, I want to be obeyed. So, Gorilla, very obligingly, shot glasses for me.
1: I never killed anybody in my life. Oh,
2: come on. That guy they found you with in that phony-looking spaceship? But I explained how that happened. Yeah, well, you you better learn how to kill.
1: I don't know if I can.
2: you have to kill to keep alive. And did you kill?
1: Yes, Dr. Simon. I killed. I learned how, and I became popular. There were fan clubs. I received mail. I was a, a hero. And then one day, something happened. I was sent to the cell, and it was the same cell where I had been tried. And my assignment was to pick up a new member of the killers and cops Cat, Somebody who had just been sentenced to show biz. All right, if you're ready, let's go. I refuse. That won't do any good. I refuse to kill. I know how you feel. You? Why, you're the most bloodthirsty, vicious... What were you sentenced for? Something you would never understand. Try me.
0: Protest. Social protest. I want people to rise up and change their drab and dismal, suffocating lives
1: to think for themselves. All right, let's go, Brain. Brain? That's right. The writer has already figured out how to use you. You're going to be a brain, a kind of thinking machine who figures everything out intellectually and scientifically. If you'd like to have lunch now, Brain, we can have it served right here at the pool. 99% 99% of the people in this country can hardly make ends meet, and you live in such luxury. You too, Brain. From now on, you too. But it's not right. Never mind that. Get to know everybody in the company. We try not to kill each other, except when she insists. Hi,
2: Sister. Uh, Hi.
1: Hi, baby. Meet Brain. That's
2: just what I came down for, to get acquainted. You're my character, Brain.
1: I thought I was your character, baby.
2: The censor assigned Brain to me. Now, what am I going to do with you?
1: Oh, with a name like Brain, he might make a good guy to keep in the office. Who doesn't get out in the street? And suddenly I realized what I was doing. I was begging for my life, just as Glasses had been pleading for his when she met me for the first time. Because I saw what Glasses must have seen. The baby's eyes were now for the new man, which meant that the old one would not be long for this world. And a chill went through me. What was I going to do?
0: She's right. Baby's 100% right. A writer is truly a god. He, in this case... Creates a world and everyone in it, and gives them life and love and death, purely as whim or mood or fancy may direct. But what happens when a writer is not restricted to the printed page, but is allowed to play God in a real world? The answer, if there is an answer, will be forthcoming in Act Three. Ancient Rome had her gladiators who fought to the death, her lions and tigers who hunted human prey in the sands of the arena. Her vast Colosseum could be flooded with water to float war galleys that could stage real sea fights, and the public ate it up. Now, sometime in the future, it seems, a jaded public demands the same kind of thrills. Well, That showbiz.
2: Hi, Fish. Hi, baby. I want to talk to you about tonight's script. I took your advice about brain. You did? Yeah. He never leaves the office. His brain works like a computer. Feed him the facts, and you can almost see his brain batting out the answers. Great? Great. Now, he figures out where this gang of smugglers has to be hiding. He gives you the information. You decide to go after them single handed
1: I, too? Why?
2: Well, it's obvious. You see, you are the fish. Yes? The fish that swims alone, silently, never leaving a trace. Deadly like a shark. The lone shark.
1: How many smugglers are there? Five of them. And where will they be hiding?
2: Oh, it's in the script. Could I... Could
1: I read the script?
2: Sure why? I just told you what happened. Well,
1: I'd like to read it.
2: You're the first actor who ever wanted to read a script. Okay, Fish, they're in that building down the block. You see it? I see it. Now, the minute you walk across the street, the cameras begin to roll. All right. Goodbye, Fish.
1: Well, why don't we just say au revoir?
2: Huh?
1: See you around. Okay, rollin'! What What was I doing? Doctor, I can tell you what I was doing. She never caught on. I just didn't accept the script the way all the others did. I studied it. And I prepared for it. I figured out the fight with the smugglers in advance. I just didn't let it happen. The smugglers were going to get at me from two sides. So I tossed a hand grenade at one group. Then I used tear gas on the other. And I was able to finish them off.
2: But surely, Mr. Starrett, you couldn't keep doing this indefinitely.
1: Yes, Doctor, I could. You have to understand, the people I was up against, they were mostly beaten and defeated to begin with, scared. And they didn't really know how to think. Why not? Because all their thinking had always been done for them. It was a terrible world. I never got out into it because, well, actually I was a prisoner. But I passed through it in a limousine when we'd go from one location to another. And driving through the city, I'd I'd look around and you know what it seemed like?
2: Yes.
1: It seemed like the pictures we see of those dictatorship countries—drab, dull, and people who don't seem to have much fun—and. And crowded. There just wasn't room for everything. Masses of people and buildings, one on top of the other.
2: And there's nothing more you can really tell us about this future world? Hmm.
1: Baby said it. She said it was the old story. Feed them bread in circuses. And you keep them in line.
2: And you were part of the circus.
1: I got to be the whole circus after a while. My exploits? <laughs> you wouldn't believe some of them. I can hardly believe them myself. Single handedly, I wiped out whole gangs. I destroyed entire mobs. How could you
2: keep doing it?
1: I told you. I planned it in advance. I prepared the ground. There was a girl in the prop department. I could get her to fix the guns the killers would be armed with. Little things. Lots of little things. But
2: sooner or later, your luck would have to run out.
1: It did. One day, I was called in to see the boss. The real boss. I mean,. The censor.
2: Hi, Fish.
1: Hi, censor.
2: Your writer, Baby, has just created a special. Yes? A World War II special. She has asked permission for you to star in it. But I'm just doing fine
1: on the Killers and Cops series. Not really. But the ratings. They're falling. It's the most popular show on. You're
2: becoming a bore, predictable. You always win. We can't have that. Why not? Because you represent the establishment.
1: Well, even so, it's a great
2: show. the people hate the establishment. But that's treason. Of course. And so, rather than have them do something about it, we must give them a chance to express themselves vicariously. Therefore, occasionally, the establishment must lose.
1: What am I supposed to do
2: now? World War II still exerts a peculiar fascination. Some time ago, Baby created the Battle of the Bulge. But now she's done something even bloodier. The Battle of Casino.
1: But my image is of a
2: cop. Your image is of an actor. You are believable in anything. But I... This meeting is adjourned. Uh, this is the battlefield. This long rocky hillside. Up there is the replica of the monastery. Uh, let me show you where your detachment will be ambushed.
1: This time, I don't see how you can fail to kill me, baby.
2: Fish, what a way to talk! I never want to kill any of my actors.
1: Artillery, machine gun fire, mines. You're going to get me this time.
2: Believe me, Fish. I want you to make it. I'm going to pray for you.
1: Maybe you'd better pray for yourself.
2: For myself. Why?
1: Well, you could be in trouble, too.
2: Me? I'm top writer.
1: How long do you stay on top in showbiz?
2: Nobody has to worry about me.
1: I worry about you, baby.
2: You do? Why?
1: You are my first girl. Oh, sure. Oh, my first girl in this world.
2: Oh, <laughs> you're back to that I come from another world business? It's oh. True. Oh, sure.
1: Do you know where my time machine is?
2: In the museum.
1: I'm not allowed to go out into the world alone, baby, but you could take me there.
2: Why would I want to do that?
1: I could prove to you that it's legitimate. Oh, sure. Baby, you'll need a great new show.
2: (laughs) Why, I've got two great shows now. Killers and Cops and my new special.
1: Killers and Cops is going to die. Why? Because it's losing the lead. Me. Me.
2: What makes you think you're so interested? I'm
1: too much part of that show. What other actor has ever lasted than any show for as long as a year, even six months? The show is dead without me, and this special is going to be a turkey.
2: How do you know?
1: Because you're due. You're too successful. You have enemies.
2: Oh, we yeah. are.
1: The Battle of the Bulge had excitement. It had intrigue. Casino. What was it? Just a uh, slugging up a mountainside, as all the suspense and excitement of a slaughterhouse. Oh, so they'll all say, baby's lost her touch. But my way...
2: What do you mean, your way?
1: A great new show about a time machine.
2: It proves what you know. That old turkey's been done to death.
1: Because it was a phony. Mine is a real time machine. Oh,
2: sure. Sure, you're just trying to get out of the Battle of Casino because you're scared.
1: You're the one who should be scared. You need a time machine show. What a great hit. Look, we call it the Parade of the Worlds.
2: Who gets killed?
1: Suddenly, we were the charge of the Light Brigade. All of them get killed.
2: Hey, that would be something. And you know what else? We could, we could push people out into the Roman Colosseum, right into the middle of the lions, or go way, way back. And let people loose in one of those prehistoric jungles among the dinosaurs. Oh, yes. There are possibilities. I knew you would see them. The trouble is, how do we get to that machine? Well, you said
1: it was in the museum.
2: Yeah, but we need special permission and nobody ever gets that. Not even you? Not even me.
1: Oh, we can lick that.
2: Even so, what good does it do us to get to the machine? To prove it's real.
1: They think it's a fake. But once we show them... You could be
2: right. How do we get to it?
1: Well, I still have one more show to do on killers and cops. Now, why don't you have the action take place in the museum? You get these crooks who are out to steal... Say no
2: more, Fish. All circuits are... Go! The script calls for you to park right in front of the museum. At this time, you're disguised as a curator. Now, we go inside. We? I'm going to act on this one, too. No, but... Uh, you see, Fish, in case it's on the level, if it's really a time machine, what's to stop you from stepping inside and saying goodbye forever? Oh, but I promise you... Uh, so I'll hold this gun on you at all times. The gun you gave me is no good. I checked it loaded with blanks. That little prop girl. I rearranged things after she went home.
1: Well, what can I tell you?
2: Nice try. We arrive, pull over. Our cameras will roll the minute we step out of the car.
1: How can we walk up like this? The crooks could just pick us off.
2: There are no crooks.
1: There,
2: There aren't any. Keep walking and do as I tell you. Now, all we have to do to go forward... Is throw this switch? That's all there is to it. But why are there no crooks? I rewrote the script. The plot is for you to take me into this museum to show how you can use a time machine to catch crooks. Once in here, I kill you. Why do you want to kill me now? Because I don't want to share writer's credit on your new idea. This machine works. That means you created a show. But I don't have a license. You're with me. It means I accepted you as a collaborator. You're now a writer. Well, before that happens... Both you... of you, step out. That's the center. Both of you have broken the law. Let's escape. Step out. No. We'll, we'll be killed for this. In this world, you get killed sooner or later anyhow. Does it matter when? Yes, it matters to me. Step out. Out! You heard her. Step out of the machine. No. It's an order. So what? Let's get out of this world. I can't. Do you want to die? I can't disobey an order. That's how it is. That's how we're trained. You wouldn't understand. You're not from here now. I know it. I'm going back home. No, you're not. Touch that switch and I'll shoot. You're crazy. Let go of me. Let the gun fall to the ground. i kill you. You're disobeying the center. I have to kill you. Both of you, step out. Machine gunners, flamethrowers, be ready to destroy them.
1: That's how it happened, Doctor. That's why she's dead. The gun went off and it killed her. Yes? It's the truth, Doctor, the truth. The censor ordered her police to fire at us, but I had already pulled the switch. But one of the flamethrowers, he hit the wall before we could get out of there, and it fused all the circuits together, which is why I can't show you how the machine works.
2: And that's your story? Yes, Doctor. That's how you claim the woman was killed?
1: Baby. I had a killer in self-defense.
2: I see. Orderly, take Mr. Starrett back to his room.
1: You mean so?
2: We'll talk again tomorrow, Mr. Starrett. But
1: I'm not crazy, Doctor. I'm not a homicidal maniac.
2: Please, go quietly, Mr. Starrett. It's important for you to try to maintain your equilibrium. Orderly? Dr. Paris, this is Dr. Simon. This um, Roger Starrett now, he's he's completely insane. I think he has to be institutionalized for just about the rest of his life. I know it's a pity, but that's Shelby's.
0: of course, there's no business quite like it. What happened to Roger Starrett? Well, he has become a character on a show you have just experienced. And during your lifetime, you will witness thousands of shows, shows on which people come and go. They arrive from nowhere and return to oblivion. However, I shall return right here in just a few moments. the show, you'll see a play on a stage or a screen, or hear it on a radio, and the plot will call for someone to die. And the actor, accordingly, falls down dead. But you know that after the curtain comes down, that actor will rise up again, a living being. But what about the character? For a brief interval in time, he had life, too. Is he dead? Well, That question should hold you until tomorrow. Our cast included Howard Duttsilver, Joan Loring, Robert Dryden, and Bryna Rayburn. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. So you see, my dear, we're talking about at least uh, three million dollars.
2: And that's why you hired me. So I could cheat, Mr. Gillespie. Oh, no,
1: cheat is a harsh
2: word. But it's true. And w- w- what will you do with me afterwards? Why,
1: uh, we shall give you your share. Won't you just kill me the way you killed everybody else? We killed the others because they forced our hand. Give us no motive, and we'll let you live. Aren't you afraid
0: I'll go to the police? No, because we will have evidence to show that you were the one who poisoned Mrs. Daimler.
2: But that's a
0: lie. Oh, I don't want any pardon. Oh, my dear, Miss Watson,
1: what are we proposing? Only to make you fabulously wealthy. Why are you being so difficult about it?
0: This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre.